Welcome to Unchecked Identity. I'm Natalie Briere, and I am a singer and musician. And I'm Michelle Stewart. I'm a multifaceted artist currently focused on poetry and photography. This is the podcast where we celebrate the spectrum of creative identity. Every month, we feature a different artist, we host live performances, followed by personal reflections and really interesting discussions. To keep up with our community of creatives, follow us on Instagram at Unchecked Identity. Let's get to the show. Na na na. <laughs> na, na, na. creatives we are so 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 excited to have our featured guest on today singer and songwriter fc born and raised in boston fc has been recording and releasing music since they were 17 years old they recorded and released their first single contact the spring of their senior year of high school Taking inspiration from artists like Umi, SZA, Haley Williams, and many others, FC's music centers heartbreak, healing, joy, and the importance of all the little things in life. FC recently released their debut EP, Girlhood, which explores themes of gender, coming of age, mental health, and much, much more. Please join me in welcoming FC. Welcome, FC. We are so beyond excited to have you here with us today. Um, it is such a treat. Hello, hello. We just want to fill the listeners in on how we met you first and then kind of dive into all the juicy stuff. It was summer of 2021. Weird. Mm. We were at the ICA for their summer series and mm. I walk outside and I'm like, there's music and I turn around and FC is with their badass band. It was just an amazing experience to hear your music, to hear it live. Mm. FC, I mean, yeah, I heard you singing the entire time. Um, it was incredible. I think the song that super stuck with us was The Pill. <gasps> yes, my baby. Yeah, that one, I mean, that one I obsessively listened to for a while. I love that. (laughs) So no, it was, it was so amazing to, to meet you there. And, and Michelle, you know, was the one who, who went up and said, hi, hi to you. I had to, there was a moment. Okay. And this was like such a, um, fangirl moment. I was like out in the crowd Mm. I looked up and I could have sworn we made eye contact and I was like, it's meant to happen. (laughs) They're meant to be on the podcast. Yes. I literally haven't, because I love to talk and I'm sure this podcast (laughs) will be great evidence. Like I could talk circles (laughs) around any topic. So I had been like listening to more podcasts and then like talk, thinking about starting my own or at least guesting on a few because I feel like that was like my next step as an artist. And then boom, you came up and we're like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? So it very much is like delivered on the hand of God. The universe. <laughs> And now here we are, almost we are. six months later. 
making yeah. or more than more than six months yeah i think like not a full year but i don't know no. I do math. There. the math podcast okay it's not <laughs> no so yeah i think we're here right when the universe was meant for us to be here right at this mm-hmm. moment how we start off all of our episodes is our go-to question do you identify as an artist hell yeah i do <laughs> um I think in the deepest fiber of my being, like there will always be a part of me that just wants to make things because I loved like science as a kid and art, two things that were really like, get in, get your hands dirty and make something so you can understand the world around you, whether it was like a science experiment or like an art classroom that had all of these tools that, you know, I could just break the rules on purpose and make something really cool that no one's ever seen before. And, you know, my deep, deep love for music fueled something in me that wanted to learn how to make my own music so that I could participate in it always. Even if somehow all the music in the world goes away or we suddenly stop having the ability to listen to music, I can just make it with, you know, my body, my voice. Um, some kitchen utensils that I just bang on different services like yeah there's always a part of me that's itching to just take what's in my mind and make it something you can experience with your senses and so when did you (laughs) fall in love with music like is there a specific is there like a core memory for you Mm. you this is it I've been trying to dig deeper into that like I really wish I could transport back to the first time I ever listened to music but I really feel like it was probably like in utero or something you know how like parents put like the headphones of Mozart on their belly so their kids can be smart but I do attribute a lot of like my music taste and my curiosity with music to my aunt I have like a really young aunt who's the baby of my mother's family Um, and then I have an older half sister she's like 12 years older than me And they both had like really cool music taste. And this was back when like you would still burn CDs to like send to people. Right. Mm. (laughs) And I had a little like Barbie girl MP3 player (laughs) that I loved. Um, I was a cool ass fucking kid now that I think about it. Like (laughs) listening to all these different kinds of music. My aunt was really into my chemical romance. So like Mm. I really dove deep into emo music and then My oldest sister was really into, honestly, just like all these different kinds of artists like Santa Gold and John Bellion and Tegan and Sarah. So I always had this really eclectic music taste. So I think music discovery, even before I knew like music discovery as like a personality trait was definitely something big for me um, growing up. And I can very clearly see how Um, falling in love with listening to music at such an early age influences my songwriting still to this day. I love, it's so interesting to hear how much your family influenced, you know, your love of music and the variety Mm. of bands that you listen to. I definitely relate to that. My brother played some wild stuff. He would play like Rob Zombie. Um, (laughs) I would just hear like screaming from his bedroom at night. (laughs) His bedroom was like below mine. Mm. Wow, yeah. But yeah, it really does have an influence and I agree with that. There was I also loved what you said about science and music and how they're mm. both tangible things that you can work with because 
I just never made that association ever. <laughs> it was like science is over here. Music is over here. And it's because we're taught. Like that's not even just like a your brain thing. It's like we're taught to see the hard sciences and art as like the opposite sides of the spectrum. But like one of my favorite things in science was like making exper- like doing experiments. Like I would say like music and chemistry for example are both different forms of alchemy for sure like you just have all these different ingredients that alone like you know whether it's different compounds in chemistry or um it's a moment and then lyrics and um melody and music that you know may not mean as much on their own but when you put them together something happens there's some sort of reaction um yeah I just love science mostly because it helped me understand the world around me and I think music did a very similar thing but more so maybe my internal world music helped me understand Mm. and science helped me understand my external world I was a very curious kid I wanted to know everything about everything um still do (laughs) and will till I die (laughs) <laughs> it also sounds like you um, meditate a lot on your brain processes and like the way that you I do in the world. I feel like that is something, a trend I have found across myself and other creatives. Mm. We're introspective almost to a fault and not to generalize, but it's like, I have found that trend. I have found that pattern that I also obsess over the way that my brain processes things. Um, Mm. And to your other point of science and that separation of like science and creativity, our society, especially Western society, is so obsessed Mm. with dichotomy, like one or Yeah. And we have the binary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We have such a hard time like holding multiple truths. And I think an evolution and like when you push the boundaries of your imagination and push the Mm. boundaries of creativity, what the evolution of that is like being able to hold multiple truths at one time, which is like. Yeah, I think. And I understand, like, it's really uncomfortable to live in the gray matter, like to live in the gray, Um, because to hold two things to be true at once is like to constantly be reevaluating what you believe in, um, which is an uncomfortable experience. It's very comfortable to say things are black and white or to say things are either inherently good or inherently bad. Um, But the gray is a lot more fun. There is liberation in allowing ourselves to be multifaceted beings because naturally we... Oh, 100%. I think it also allows you to question yourself. Mm. I feel like, at least I feel that myself, you know, you don't want to question yourself and question who you are or how you identify because it is scary, but it digs into the gray area in ways Mm. that like, you don't even know there were things inside of you that, that existed, but... If you can't even question, you know, your own your own sense of self, it's hard to get into that. 100%. And I think, like, we're kind of taught that, like, if you waver in your sense of identity, you're, like, flaky or wishy-washy or you're, like, I don't know. It seems like a very, like, patriotic founding father's-ass mindset mm-hmm. um, where it's, like, you need to be steadfast in your truths or else what you say means nothing. But it's, like, if you stay the same I truly believe that to stop growing and changing is to be dead I mean science taught me that you know when a flower stops growing and changing it starts to will and wither and die and decompose and Mm -hmm. I think humans are very similar where it's like when we try to stay 
in one thing for too long, I really think it leads to like a decomposition maybe of the soul, maybe not manifest physically, at least right away. But that's something that I definitely like can relate to because I went to, you know, predominantly white institutions for like since sixth grade where there was one way to be and I would never fit into that. Mm -hmm. But I tried so hard. Um, But, you know, living alone for the first time last year um, and really taking time to introspect and question myself has been the most liberating thing because I was able to shed all of that conditioning and shed everything that has never actually worked for me, which was scary because for a year I was walking around like, I don't fucking know myself, Mm -hmm. but now I'm so much closer. And I think I'm finding joy in the process of knowing myself and learning about myself. And I do think, again, that that is something that I will be doing for the rest of my life. And I'm just glad that I started now because I think it's um, been one of the main reasons why I'm able to have the experiences that I do to the level of intensity that I do. That was so beautiful. So beautifully said. Wow. <sighs> Thank <Absolutely>. you. <laughs> So you just talked about moving out this past year. Congratulations, by the way. That is a huge deal. And um, I have the pleasure because in the past you've shared with me that you do come from an immigrant household. Yeah, I do. Yeah, immigrant household, what up? Love Um, it. (laughs) But I do know how hard it can be to take that step when you grew up, you know, with parents who are not from here. I Mm. had a similar experience and I, I think I did it later in the game too. I was wondering if you were comfortable enough to talk a little bit about maybe how like your lived experience growing up at home has influenced your music and your thought around Mm. creativity in general. Yeah. I mean, being first gen, being, you know, a child of immigrants, when I said I wanted to be a musician, it wasn't exactly a happy-go-lucky conversation. Um, I think a lot of that fear of, you know, my parents experiencing extreme poverty because they grew up um, in Cabo Verde and then immigrated around their 20s um, to the United States. So this like hustle culture um, kind of mentality was not really accepting of my dreams and my goals and my artistry. Um, Because like, it's not exactly a stable industry or a stable job. It's not gonna give me, you know, high pay and um, health benefits right off the bat, like being a doctor would, like they wanted for me. And, you know, I convinced myself I wanted for a while. Um, But around like high school, right before I dropped my first single, I was like, there's nothing that I can do that makes me feel more aligned with like who I am than creating period. Like I am a musician, but like I also loved theater and like acting. And I know that somewhere along the line, I'm going to be in films, whether it's producing or um, acting in them. I feel like my transition will be like doing a movie musical and then people will be like, oh my God, FC sings, but also is like a great actor. And like, now they're in, you know, the next season of Euphoria, you know? Yes. So. <laughs> yes, yes. So big. I love it. Absolutely. I dream so big because um, I think for a while I wasn't allowed to. So I'm really making up for lost time. And when I say these things, like I mean them wholeheartedly because I have to. If I didn't imagine myself where I wanted to be in the future, I really don't think I would ever get there. Mm. So I have to be 
FC's number one fan. Yeah. Believing in yourself is cool. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and I and you're so right. And I think the um, Michelle and I talk a lot about imposter syndrome. Like mm. it gets in you and it gets in there and it can get obsessive and it can get crazy and I'm I'm so impressed that like, you know, you believe in yourself and that you believe mm. in these goals and that you have these goals and you know, they haven't shifted. They'd saved they've stayed strong. And it's inspiring. It's super mm. inspiring because because that's pure strength. That's pure mental and internal mm. strength. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's so important to have first gen people in spaces of creativity because mm. we grew up learning that creativity is a privilege, whether that's oh. explicitly or implicitly. Mm. Um, because labor is first and foremost resources are first and foremost supporting your family is first and foremost creativity is selfish creativity is an internal thing that is you know if you have the time and not mm. to mention resources to actual equipment whatever that may be whatever your medium is I just think it's essential not only for representation but for the survival of our collective soul like as a generation mm. I think it's great that you said that because when you're living in survival mode, it's hard to even think about creating because, you know, you think about having a well and in order for you to like have any sort of creativity, you need to fill that well with, you know, fun experiences, um, trying new things. And when you're focusing on like just putting food on the table and making rent, a lot of times that well is dry. Um, and I think there's something to be said about the resilience that I have my fam. I've definitely learned it from my family, but that I have cultivated within myself because inadvertently when your parents kind of like give off the vibes that they don't believe in you because they're so focused on you just like being okay. Um, it can be really soul crushing. And then having a dream that you believe in so hard or that you want to believe in so hard, but you know, not seeing yourself represented in the spaces that you want to be in. So it feels virtually impossible or being around friends who, you know, rely on you not believing in yourself. So you stay close to them. Mm. Um, yeah. Or, you know, going to predominantly white institutions and seeing these people with wealth that I could not have imagined and seeing doors that were always shut for me open so easily for them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to not take that personally when you're 15, you know? So I am very impressed with myself and grateful for whatever has been in me that has been, you know, telling me to keep going, you know, that part of me that knows that I've already made it in the future. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Building that security within myself has been the greatest challenge, but I also know some people don't get here ever. Yeah. So I have to, cult I get to cultivate gratitude for that. That was beautiful. Your language Thank is so you. intentional. And I think that's alone is extremely impressive. Your not only your self-awareness, but the intentionality. I don't think people understand that a lot of times the things that you say can get stuck in your head and you walk around with voices that aren't even your own infiltrating every single moment and when you're trying to do something like cultivate belief in yourself it can be the biggest roadblock because you first have to tackle all of these negative things that people said to you when you were still developing mm -hmm. so 
one of the ways that I do that is by, you know, I'm very serious about being my number one fan. Like just at any point, like doing my best to speak as lovingly to myself as possible. It definitely starts with me. And as I've seen how in the past year alone, that has revolutionized the way that I view myself and the world around me and has opened me up to so much more love and opportunity by just being at least the one person who's always gonna be kind to me, even in my like really hard moments to you know commit to loving myself through everything, especially with my words. It's made me wanna do that for other people. I, I often, find that just in my journey in my life in the path that I've chosen I go through a lot of difficult things first because like a month after I'm going to meet someone who's going through something very similar and I'll have some sort of wisdom to impart or I can be a, a kind listening ear that is honestly radical that is radical love and I think that's yeah like the most powerful thing we can do for ourselves and for other people the fact that you think about people you're going to meet in the future like you're self-actualized <laughs> <laughs> well it's been so incredible to learn more about you fc and we're very excited to share your music with our listeners so now we'll transition to hearing fc's original song called daydream princess off of their debut ep girlhood enjoy Why am I so See behind the lids of my eyes 
to what we were just talking about. It was just um, an explosion. Like, okay, starting with the structure of the song, Mm. I really loved it because to me, it was an explosion of layers. It brought me on a ride of like Mm. different tempos and beats. I love your skill in storytelling. So there is like a macro element, right? Mm. Which to me was the the way society or the world was policing your expression and your identity Mm. but then there were these like pieces of storytelling like walking through the hallway to my parents bedroom it was just like Mm. it was something we've all done like walking through a dark hallway at night we're scared we're going to our parents Mm. room I really loved that like in the middle of that explosion Mm. and like that overarching theme you brought in these elements of storytelling that I think anyone could relate to And then at the end, there was this breakdown, which A, you normally find the breakdown in the middle of the song, but it was Mm. at the end of the song, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, And it reminded, it sounded like a heartbeat to me. I absolutely loved it. I really, really loved it. Oh, my heart, my heart. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, I agree. Like the storytelling was amazing. I saw that same hallway, that line, like that same line, I was like, how did you know? Um, how did you know? I know. <laughs> um, one thing that I super loved about this piece was it was serious. You could hear there was a lot of conflict and um, like indecisiveness inside of you, but it was so playful. Like it, mm-hmm. I would easily dance to this piece. And it reminded me a little bit. I don't know if you ever heard the intro um, to Skins, where it's like, dun, 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 oh my god, dun, 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 and then it's like, dun, dun. oh my god, oh, I watched that uh. show way too young. Oh my, oh my god, <laughs> I was on Tumblr in 2013. I, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and another part that I loved so much was in the background. I think it was maybe during the last chorus when you're talking about the real world and you have this line mm. where you're like what the fuck is a real world right. <laughs> yeah so good i love hearing people talk about what they experience when they listen to my music because it unlocks so many new layers and i think that's the beauty about being an artist is like once you release it into the world it's up to everyone else's interpretation um so i'm always learning new things about like the song things that maybe maybe a a deeper or like higher part of me knew when I was writing it, but like at the time didn't know that it was going to affect people in that way. And even just listening to it right now, like I said, I've been listening to my EP again now that I've had some distance from, you know, planning the release and everything and marketing it, which can feel kind of draining, but I have a whole new meaning or so many more meanings now attached to it. I have to ask what inspired this explosive, beautiful song? Yeah, so I have like aphantasia. So essentially, like, I didn't know it was like a thing until I was talking to other people who could like, visualize all these things. But essentially, like I close my eyes, and it's a black screen like most people. But when it comes to like visualizing things, I can never get an actual clear picture. I can like kind of feel things or like, my imagination feels very much in like the back of my head, but I can't just like close my eyes and daydream essentially. I could when I was a kid, but I think um, 
a lot of times if you experience like if you have chronic nightmares or sleep paralysis or something or some sort of traumatic experience a lot of times it can develop that way um it felt like it corresponded with like a loss of innocence and a loss of imagination because my imagination was so key for me and still is today but the crazy thing is like i have insanely vivid dreams so that like dichotomy of like not being able to daydream as effectively anymore mm-hmm. but dreaming so vividly mm-hmm. um was definitely an inspiration for the song and that's kind of why I talked about the whole nightmare situation because I had like really bad sleep paralysis when I was a kid like having really intense nightmares and honestly probably like paranormal experiences as well that I didn't have the language or critical thinking or experience to um be able to understand and conceptualize and like my parents were just like we're sleeping so mm-hmm. <laughs> i would have to go back to bed and i was like but like do you know what happened like what i had to walk through to like get here like i don't know that these monsters are gonna eat me up on the way back to my bed mm-hmm. you know so that it's about a lot of things honestly i feel like daydream princess just has it's an onion she's got layers it was also a time when i was um thinking about being on the spectrum whether that's add or autism like really because girls, especially, and especially black kids are very severely underdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. So it was when I was looking into that, um, especially in therapy, I exhibited a lot of symptoms like hyperactivity and maladaptive daydreaming, which are more common in girls, um, but having it chalked up to bad behavior and how that affected me too. Like had I had gotten the resources that I needed when I was younger, would I still have, you know, the imagination that I had. I wonder if the you having hyper vivid dreams, which it sounds like you always have, but mm-hmm. then losing that ability to visualize things completely, like it sounds like it's a little mm-hmm. fuzzy. I wonder if sometimes it's like we lose a sense and the other one gets stronger. So mm. you don't have this complete sense of visualizing when you're awake, when you're asleep, your brain goes into like hyperactive mode. Yeah. Um, and do you feel back to the song again? Because I did pick up on this like changing of worldview, like mm. definitely got that sense of lose the loss of innocence. And with mm. that, I also picked up on a kind of change of perspective. Do you feel mm. like you were highly policed when you were younger by the adults or people around you? 100%. Yeah. And I think it definitely heightened again once I went to a PWI um, because I naturally stuck out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. and I was very outspoken, especially about issues regarding like race and race and social justice mm-hmm. um, and sort of turned into a social pariah that way because I wasn't as much as people wanted me to like shut up and stop talking about the shit that mattered. Mm-hmm. I couldn't because I was like, this is my life. Like this directly impacts me every day when I walk into this school and it wasn't just from students around me. It was from, you know, the institution and the teachers who just wanted to me to be quiet. Um, and you know, oftentimes feeling unsafe when I made noise, but like not really having a choice. A lot of times when you're young and black, like being angry is like the only justice you can give yourself because if you just lie down there and take it if it for me at least it felt like I was I would be giving the message that it's okay to treat me that way Mm -hmm. 
and I felt that, you know, at, at home too, just coming from parents with such a traditionalist background, like I questioned everything um, down to like why my brother didn't have to wash everyone's laundry, but I did mm. that kind of shit. So when you're the one who notices injustice and can't help but speak on it, um, it does come with a lot of policing. All right. Well, thank you so much, FC. This has been an incredible conversation. Truly. Yay. So beautiful. Um, mm. And so many just important and relevant and extremely moving um, things have been spoken here. Mm. Um, so one thing that we like to do is our wind down as we wrap up this episode, which is where we would love to hear about an artist that has either recently inspired you, has mm. inspired you in the past and continues to inspire you, but someone who you want to highlight um, as a creative inspiration. I love, 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 love Muna so hard. They actually just opened for Casey Musgraves on her Starcross tour. Okay. And then, so I saw them at TD Garden. And then once again, I went to their headlining show in Holyoke the week after. But I feel like they are a band that is definitely inspiring to me with how honest and open and raw their music is for the purpose of healing, not just themselves, mm -hmm but also their fans. And I think it's not just like them as a band, but also the community that they create um, for their fans, which is predominantly queer and predominantly femme. Um, I just have never had like a concert experience that felt that safe, that felt that healing. They have a song called It's Gonna Be Okay Baby, which every time Katie Gavs sings it, I or I listen to it through my headphones it really feels like a life-saving like prayer they specifically called it a gay prayer at the concert but if you listen to it it's like basically Katie going throughout their entire life these moments that felt like major ups and major downs and then the chorus is just it's gonna be okay baby so like being able to look back at the trajectory of your life especially the moments that felt like you weren't going to make it out mm. from like, you know, five or however many years after and seeing how you've gotten yourself through literally everything because your sheer like will to live somehow like overpowered any like plight that you've been through. Mm. That kind of like power in music is something very inspiring to me. It's something that I have always strived to do, but being able to see other artists also have that same goal and just to be able to witness them and their rise and how they remain so loving through it all. Um, it definitely feels like they, they care a lot about their music and who's listening to it. Um, so yeah, definitely want to highlight Muna. Love them. Yeah. FC, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank um, you. Truly, this was above and beyond. It has been such a transformational conversation um, and experience <sighs> to be here with you. So we really appreciate it. We hope the listeners have had such a good time hanging out with us. And for everyone listening, don't forget to check out FC's EP Girlhood on Spotify 
right now. Do not sleep on FC. They are incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And remember, believing in yourself is cool. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I want a shirt with that. No, 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 no.